Welcome to the All Things Agile podcast, your destination for tips and interviews with the leaders in the world of Agile. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, and please check out our sponsor, TeamAccelerator.com. And now, here's your host, Ronnie Andrews Jr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Things Agile podcast. Today's topic will be Scrum of Scrums. What are they, and how do you implement them successfully? But before we begin, a quick reminder that this podcast is for informational purposes only and accepts no legal liability. So let's get started. As part of the AgileInstructor.com blog and this podcast, All Things Agile, I like to alternate between interviews and informational content. I think it's important to help listeners with direct, actionable advice based on hands-on experience. Interviews are great, and I certainly look forward to, to conducting more interviews, including in the next episode. However, I definitely want to include direct content, things that I've learned from my experience that I hope can help you. One of those topics that's often overlooked is Scrum of Scrums. Now, many people have heard of this, but they're not really quite sure how to pull it off or Perhaps they are kind of winging it right now and, and perhaps haven't seen what has worked at other organizations and may be looking for some additional advice. So I'd like to focus today on, again, Scrum of Scrums. So in this case, um, let's start with what is it? For those that haven't heard that term, Scrum of Scrums, basically when you have the individual Scrum teams, maybe in a smaller company or or a team that's focused on a product, that team may work well and able to take care of all the needs, and, and that's great. However, you may have cases where one team is just not enough to fulfill the needs of a product. Or perhaps there are multiple products being worked on, and perhaps each team is working on one particular product or component, but those teams then have dependencies on each other. So just to recap, you may have cases where you have to have multiple teams working in order to, to get the job done on a particular product because there's just so much work to do. Or perhaps you still have multiple teams, not because um, multiple teams are required for a particular product or component, but just because there may be dependencies between the team. Um, you know, you may have a product A and product B, and you may have a case where uh, the products are supposed to act like a suite. Uh, you know, For example, a lot of Apple and Microsoft products are designed to work together with each other. And so in that case, even though teams may be working on separate products, they still may, ha may have dependencies on each other, in which case their pieces of the puzzle still need to align with each other. With any of our project managers in the uh, listening audience, well, then immediately start to think, well, you got to keep these teams in sync, right? Because if the teams are working on the same product or multiple products with dependencies, then there's definitely the risk that the teams could end up stepping on each other. And you run into other issues where you need to be able to uh, release code at the same time together, right? Because if you have, um, say, for example, three teams working on the same product, you know, that product's going to get released at one time, right? Or it's going to get delivered to production. And, 
you can't have those teams so disconnected that they're uh, causing havoc for each other and making it difficult to release the product on time. And then also you have quality concerns, right? You have multiple teams working on you know, products together in parallel. Um, there's always a risk that one team could make a change for something and then inadvertently break another team and uh, and introduce lots of unaccounted for defects. And naturally speaking, that's not a good thing. So, how to overcome it? Well, there are many different practices, and, and I'm not going to say there's any particular right and wrong answer for this, but one of the more commonly applied principles, or practices, I should say, is the scrum of scrums. So, okay, great. So you, there's a need for when you have multiple teams to help keep them in sync and help ensure they're, they're not stepping on each other. But what does the scrum of scrums actually look like? It can certainly vary by organization. So I'm going to focus on what do I commonly see in the field? Again, I'm not talking about theory in a book, but what I actually see taking place in many of the companies uh, out in the industries. And that is... Scrum of Scrums typically is a ceremony or meeting involving representation from multiple Scrum teams in which those representatives get together and help synchronize each other. For example, as I mentioned, um, usually what I see in the field is that it tends to be representation from the uh, contributing or participating teams. Every organization is different. I mean, technically speaking, they could involve all the teams, team members. But what I often see used in the field is representation, meaning you may have a team of, uh, say, seven people or so forth. Each team has, you know, many different team members. If you start to get everybody together, it can get a bit unwieldy sometimes. So typically, I've seen one to two representatives per team. Um, again, there's no hard and fast rule regarding who those individuals are, but what I commonly see is that it tends to be the scrum master and or a product owner. Now, there can also be cases where uh, another rotating team member is involved. Maybe it's just a, you know, maybe a senior technical person or a senior uh, person for regarding testing, and maybe they sort of rotate uh, on a, some kind of a schedule, but generally speaking, I tend to see the Scrum Master and the Product Owners as being the ones that are the most frequent participants. And when you stop and think about it, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, one of the roles or responsibilities, if you will, that I commonly associate with the Scrum Master is they need to know what the deal is. They need to know how the team is doing. What are, what are the team's obstacles? Um, you know, what's their overall uh, progress on where they're at in the sprint? As I like to call it, um, the Scrum Master should always know the pulse of the team at all times. Okay, if, if someone were to stop the Scrum Master in the hall and ask how, the, how his or her team is doing, they should be able to answer that question. Conversely, the product owner also is usually in the loop. It should be. Uh, the product owner should also be a person who's actively engaged with the team and is, knows not only how and generally how the team is doing, but also how they're doing in relation to 
the scope or the items that are being worked on uh, for that particular uh, effort or release. And so in this case, having either one or both of those individuals attend uh, on a regular basis is usually what I see in, in practice. And I also see value, though, in having other rotating team members. I think if the Scrum Master and Product Owner are the only ones who ever attend, then that can sometimes um, stifle the, some of the other team members or maybe sometimes the morale. It is good to have some occasional uh, participation by other team members uh, to give them insight into other, what the other teams are doing and also to ensure just greater participation and injection of uh, different viewpoints and ideas. But again, common things being common, I usually see uh, Scrum Master and Product Owners the, the um, typical representation. Now, so if you had, let's say, three teams working on the same product, and let's say each one of those teams uh, provided two representing members, say, for example, a Scrum Master and Product Owner, from each of those teams, and those uh, members would usually then form together in some sort of a meeting or, uh, if you prefer the term, ceremony, but basically a quick meeting. And again, every organization is different. Everybody conducts Scrum and Scrums a little bit differently, but what I tend to see uh, happen in many organizations is that Scrum and Scrums tends to form a modified uh, daily Scrum or daily stand-up. Meaning that in your daily scrum, you might usually have the typical, you know, what did you work on yesterday? What are you working on today? You know, what's in your way or what are your impediments, if you will? Um, usually I've seen scrum and scrums take a little bit of a variant of that. So, for example, the group members may get together for scrum and scrums and say things like, ask questions like, what have you worked on since the last time we met? And the reason why I mentioned that since last time we met is because the frequency uh, for the Scrum of Scrums varies a lot. Um, some organizations will have Scrum of Scrums uh, weekly, maybe every two weeks, uh, maybe once a sprint. And some organizations even have the Scrum of Scrums daily. Um, and I think there's no hard and fast right or wrong answer on the frequency. I think it really depends also on the nature of the project being worked on and, and, and the, the teams and their maturity and, and the risk level involved. If there's high risk and, and the product uh, pieces being worked on are very complex and there's lots of teams being um, that are participating in this, then having a higher frequency is usually a good thing. Uh, but if it's a very matured product and you know the teams are very mature and and there's not too too much risk with what's being worked on at that time, then uh, less frequent Scrum and Scrums meetings may make perfect sense. So again, I think that's totally uh, dependent on on your organization and your unique situation. But typically, what I see is that the members get together. They'll ask, you know, what have I, what have you worked on since the last time we met? Whenever again, whatever period that's been. What are you going to work on before the next time we meet again? So, for example, if your if your Scrum of Scrums is let's say weekly, you know what if what did you work on in last week, and what are you going to work on this week, as an example? And that helps clue in the other members on, you know, 
did uh, did this team fulfill the um, items that they said they were going to work on? You know, did they accomplish them? Yes or no. And what are they going to work on next? You know, what's coming up? That's important information to know if you're trying to synchronize the teams. Thirdly, you know, what's in my way or what, you know, what impediments does my team have? Again, just another way of saying, you know, this, these are potential things that could block us or are blocking us. And part of that reason is to, one, see if someone else can help. You know, you may have a case where, uh, you know, team A is, you know, very blocked at the moment and have, running into issues, but perhaps um, someone on team B has had prior uh, exposure to this type of problem and they can answer that question like, hey, I've seen that before. Um, here, you know, here's what you need to do. And they can, bam, they can give you the solution right there and avoid further pain. So it's a way of not only helping synchronize the teams, but also helping the teams help each other, right? So that definitely is an encouraging aspect of the Scrum of Scrums. Another facet is by discussing, you know, the challenges faced by a team is it allows the other teams to know that information and account for it. For example, if they know that, um, you know, one of the other teams, let's say Team A, hypothetically, is running into issues, then, well, maybe um, one or two of those stories that had originally been um, targeted may or may not complete on time. And then they can they can sort of, you know, mentally put that in their list of, of uh, you know, concerns or if there's dependencies where if Team A uh, starts to slip behind schedule, then Team B, which may have a dependency on Team A, can then account for it. Like, okay, well, maybe we need to push off, you know, some of our items into to a future sprint, for example. And I would say the usually sometimes the fourth question that can be asked during Scrum of Scrums is, what will you put in another team's way? In this case... I've told you what if, what if, what has our team worked on since the last time we met? What are we going to work on or are we working on currently? And I've discussed with you our challenges and, and impediments, things that are, are concerning us or blocking us. And fourth, here's here are some items to be aware of. Here's some heads up things. For, for we give some examples of how this can be applied to you. Let's say you have um, three teams working on, a, on a, as an example, the same product. And, for example, Team B um, is about to make some risky changes. And, they're, you know, they're going to do it um, this week. And they may want to make ensure that they give the other teams a heads up. Hey, you know, as, uh, as part of what we're going to be doing... I just want to make sure you're fully aware that, you know, we're going to be making these changes. And when we do, um, it may break some of the existing APIs. And your, your other, the other teams present may need to um, make some adjustments on their side so that they can uh, account for the API changes, for example. It's a great way to ensure that you are letting the other teams know of your potential impact on them, right? So that they're not caught off by surprise. 
Um, and that really, you know, helps build trust. You know, you're not surprising other teams with problems. You're letting them know in advance, hey, uh, we're about to we're about to put something in in your in your way, perhaps. Um, and and it may, maybe it doesn't turn out that way. Maybe it's just a a potential risk. But you just want to ensure that the other teams um, have that courtesy heads up. So again, just to recap, um, every organization is different. Every um, unique industry has its its you know risk tolerance and things like that. So the frequency may vary depending on your circumstances. The representation for the scrum of scrums can definitely vary. Uh, depending on what you see, what your organization needs, but as I mentioned, typically I see in the field one to two representatives, typically scrum master and product owner, maybe a rotating team member. Typically, I see the uh, modified form of the daily scrum or stand up. Usually, I see the especially the first three. You know what have what have I worked on uh, since last time we met? What uh, what am I have I worked on or going to work on? Uh, between now and the next time we meet and then what's in my way what's blocking me what's concerning me and fourth um, what what do you need to be worried about what what are what potential things could I uh, what potential risk could our team uh, inject uh, that you need to be aware of and so um, in terms of the how much time that takes what do I typical typically see well similar to a stand-up the process should not take long. Um, the point of the Scrum of Scrums is not to have a, a giant fancy PowerPoint presentation and, you know, really slick graphics or anything like that. It's a very, very informal um, meeting. And in this case, I would say 15 minutes, just similar to a normal daily Scrum, is what a, to me, a well oiled Scrum of Scrums meeting should be like. Very quick, very uh, very informal, very direct, to the point. Um, in terms of how to help help do that, one of the ways is again going back to the audience. If you have everybody from all the teams, it, it can be very difficult to have those uh, sessions in, in a quick time frame. That's why having representation tends to work out better, in my opinion. Also. The people participating, in this case, the representation is from the teams themselves. It's not really uh, trying to, you know, loop in uh, the project managers and the resource managers and the directors and the VPs and everybody and their brother. Because the more, honestly, those people get involved in the situation, the longer the meetings are going to be and the more off-topic they will be. That goes back to what's you know what's the benefit to, to even doing all this scrum scrum stuff, right? Why should you care? Well, one is it helps reduce risk, but but more importantly, it helps the teams help each other. And like I mentioned before, teams can offer advice to each other, help keep them uh, synchronized as well, and it's really to benefit the te- the teams themselves. Okay. It's not meant to make project managers happy or to make VPs happy. And so in that case, by keeping the audience to the actionable uh, members of the team, 
you're able to, you know, like I said, operate more informally, more efficient, you know, sort of, you know, get in there and, and, and talk together and be able to then uh, adjourn and move on with your day. Uh, no need to inject a lot of, you know, long-winded discussion or politics involved. Some of the other key aspects of the Scrum of Scrums is that, you know, when you do have the sessions, uh, I think it's important for someone to maybe take a, a few notes sometimes. I'm not saying big detailed meeting minutes, but it can be helpful if someone is at least taking some some notes regarding that. Typically, what I see is that um, the Scrum Masters, if they're participating, will sometimes take down a little bit of notes, again, nothing formal, on the conversation that was had. And the reason why I mention that is because when the scrum, when the representatives leave that Scrum of Scrums, I personally found that it's very beneficial for them to relay important notes back to their teams. So, for example... Let's say during the Scrum of Scrum meetings, and let's say there's there's a, there's a three teams participating uh, in a product release. They may, for example, one team A may say, "Hey, by the way, I just want to let you know that we're about to make some API changes, and the other two participating teams will need to make some adjustments for that." Great point to let people know about that. That's very awesome. And so when those other Scrum masters go back to their teams. Maybe, uh, for example, in their, uh, their next daily uh, stand-up, daily scrum, that scrum master can be mentioned, hey, by the way, uh, I just finished uh, participating in our scrum of scrums, and I want to let you know that uh, Team A mentioned uh, in the scrum of scrums that uh, they're about to make some API changes, and it may break us, and we may have to make a few changes uh, to adapt to that. So in this case... Um, the scrum master or the representative or whoever it is, you know, if they have at least at least some rough idea, uh, notes or ideas of what what was uh, discussed during the scrum of scrums, they can relay pertinent information back to their own teams, uh, so that so that not only is the representation sort of in the loop and what's going on, the whole teams are in the loop. In that case, the teams themselves, all the team members, are aware of, again, of the relevant information for them. And that way, um, it's not just a few people that know what's going on and everybody else is in the dark. No. I mean, if the, if you have representation in the meeting, it's part of that representation's uh, responsibility to ensure that the other team members that did not attend are aware of important information. And so I think that's sort of the general gist of, you know, the sort of the how, if you will, the mechanics of the Scrum of Scrum. Again, there's no particular right or wrong answer to, to doing that. Um, every organization is different. you got to find out what works for you. Um, that's, you know, it's kind of the beauty of Agile, right? Inspect and adapt. And now in terms of what if I... You know, what's my experience been? Well, I think that one piece of advice that I'd issue to you is, is caution is do ensure that the Scrum of Scrums does not become a status meeting. Your goal is not to just, you know, read off some random set of status updates. One of your goals, again, is to help each other. 
and to keep each other informed. And so when you engage in just a pure status um, roll call meeting, then then the, the helping each other and the transparencies can break down. And so I would definitely warn or encourage you that when you conduct your scrum of scrums, try to keep it focused on, hey, the teams themselves are the, are the audience. We're the, this meeting is for us. This meeting is to help us help each other so that we can deliver the products together uh, or within the same product. So if you keep that mentality or focus, then I think it, it helps, helps the, the tone or the attitude of the meeting. Because if it turns into just a giant project management status meeting, then I think the, the morale tends to go south. Uh, and you know the helping each other tends to go down as well, because uh, people are trying to you know uh, ensure that they're politically postured well. You know their team's not uh, looked upon in a negative light, so they may even play down information or may even withhold information. Uh, they may not want to uh, you know admit that hey we just uh, dropped the ball, but if it's very informal and kept to the uh, participating teams and focus on helping each other, then teams will have that um, confidence and, and have more candor and transparency where they can say, hey, look, this is really in our way right now and this is causing us major problems. And by you know, being able to communicate in an open manner, that helps the, the teams that are participating um, feel connected and willing to reach out to each other and help one another. And so that's, again, the purpose of the Scrum of Scrums is to help the teams themselves. I know I've kind of beat a dead horse on this one a little bit, but it's a complicated topic. You know, many books don't really go into it very much. Many websites don't go into it very much either. And there's not a whole lot of guidance into the Scrum of Scrums. And I just want to take a moment and sort of discuss, you know, what is it, you know, who the audit? You know who's the audience? What are the mechanics? And what are the benefits? You know we talked about that in terms of the improved uh, synchronization and communication, helping each other, um, letting people know about risk, etc. And so, with that said, if you are involved with multiple Scrum teams or a product or a suite of products, I would certainly encourage you to take a look at the Scrum of Scrums practice if you're not already using it. And if you are using it, uh, I may want to encourage you to take a look at how it's currently functioning and what the drivers are, if you will, behind your current meetings. And maybe just you know take examine, uh, take a look at it, kind of like a retrospective. You know, take a look at how well your Scrum Scrum meetings are are taking place. And you know, as you go, you can always make improvements to it. So. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode. As always, I'm honored to uh, get a chance to speak to you. And stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be having a special guest interview. So I'm really excited. All right. Well, thank you very much. And if you have any questions or would like to offer suggestions for future topics, please email me. Uh, you can reach me at coach at agileinstructor.com. And I'll be happy to include your uh, questions in the next episode. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to All Things Agile. We look forward to you subscribing to the podcast in iTunes and leaving a kind review. Thanks and God bless.